But anyway, Belinda, in my opinion, just constantly gives and gives and gives. And it's like, but who's taking care of Belinda? There's another character who reaches out to her for help. And you could tell that folks genuinely need it. But I was kind of feeling like they were taking advantage in a way. Yeah, it could, it could be that way. But then also with relationships, it's, it's two-sided where, yeah. you know, the person that's taking should restrain themselves from not taking too much, just like the responsibility of the yeah. person who's giving not to overgive. Yeah. And so yeah. when you don't have somebody checking themselves on either side, it could yeah. be off balance in a situation where you're taking advantage of somebody or somebody feeling like they're being taken for granted. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and I thought it was just very interesting, too, when it got to the point where she was like, you know what, you should have your own business, which was true. She should have her own business doing mm-hmm. her thing and then wanting to back her. I just knew with the way that she was that that probably gonna was going to, well, not well, not that it wasn't going to happen, but it would probably be too connected. It would be too much extra stuff mixed in there. You know, like with businesses or, or things like that, sometimes you're too close. Well, that's mm-hmm. why sometimes it's hard working with family or whatnot or, or good friends because, is sometimes people will respect lines better if you're not as close. Because mm-hmm. even though people should respect lines because you are close, a lot of times people don't because of that very same reason. Yeah. And so I think that she, first of all, Tanya seemed unstable just in yeah. general. She seemed like the type that would probably even just go into a depression in the middle of everything, just you drop know, drop off. out or something yeah. like that. Or like she did with, with this situation where she found a man. And just that quick. So just as hard as she was on Belinda in the beginning, she was just as hard for this guy, you know, and kind of blew Belinda off. And not in a mean way, but you could see she wasn't doing it out of spite. It was just her personality. And so it's almost kind of like good to see this now versus like, you know, down the line in the middle working something and you need to get something signed or you need money for this or that. Mm -hmm. And then you're you're sitting there, you know, pulled out of your situation Mm -hmm. into a bigger mess that you have no control over. Yeah. But one thing that I'll give to Tanya is that she knew herself and, you know, she, you know, she's involved with this gentleman. You can tell that Belinda's trying to be happy for her, even though multiple times she's gone to to Tanya to say, hey, here's my business plan. You know, um, Tanya kind of brushes her off, you know, saying that she needs to go meet this guy. But Getting back to Tanya and how she ends it, you can tell that she knows herself a little bit better. And she's like, listen, I get myself involved in these situations. I attach. I get all into it. And it's just not healthy for me and where I'm at right now. So about this business, you know, I'm sorry, it can't happen. Right. But then she gives her like this big old super wad of cash. You know, it's almost like... Like she feels bad about it. Like she feels bad for not being able to pull through on what she promised. Right. And and she says, and I'll call you. Like here's here's all this money for her, for Belinda to start up what she wants to start up. So did you think that she really going to call her the way she said it? Um, you know what? I think she might have checked in on her. I think oh. she might have. Um, but, you know, it's it's interesting because... It was good that Tanya knew herself, like, where she's like, I, you know, I can't go here with you. Even though she promised it in the beginning, she initiated it. It was good that she uh, went to uh, Belinda and said, listen, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. You could tell she felt guilty in some kind of way or bad. Here's some money. 
I'm not going to be your person, but here's some money for you to start your business. I thought that was kind of cool that she spoke to her about it. Because she could have left the island and been like, I'm gone. My vacation's over. See you. Um, You know, and Belinda was really hurt by it. Now, okay. And what did she do with the money? Slid into the drawer and then she threw away her business plan that she wrote up. Now... Okay, if it was me, I think I would have just taken that money and been like, thank you very much, and gone with and pursuing my dreams. Because she had a lot of amazing ideas. But she throws away her, Belinda throws away her business plan. She shoves the wad of cash in the drawer, and she's done. And even uh, one of the characters... um, you know, she's going through some issues with her husband and deciding whether or not she wants to stay with him or leave him. Oh, and Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Rachel reaches out. You know, Rachel goes to get a facial. Belinda sees Rachel's crying and is upset. And it's funny because Belinda can't help herself but give the lady her business card. And it's like, if you need anything, reach out to me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like knowing when to stop giving or knowing where the line is or maybe saying, here's a glass of water, right. here's some tissue and leaving it at that instead of really getting that deeply involved in it. But it's so funny because Rachel reaches out to Belinda and you know she tells her her situation and she's like, you know, what, you know, basically, what should I do? And Belinda's like, oh, you want my advice? Well, I'm all out. So obviously, you can tell Belinda's burnt out from being the nurturer, the giver. Um, but it's funny, she's in an industry that that's what you do. You know, she's a massage therapist. You take care of people. But she seems to get into it a deeper way and doesn't have those boundaries. So what did you think as far as like her reaction from when Tanya gave her the, the money. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that reaction that she gave? You know, I was confused by it a little bit. I mean, okay, I'll say this. I can understand she had these dreams, right? Tanya mm-hmm. promised her all of these things. This is what you should do. You're great. You're this. She kind of built her, so, built her up, right? Right. And then, you know, so I can understand her being a little bit disappointed that she wasn't maybe going to have her as a partner. But she gave her all of this money, you know? Right. And I felt like Belinda could have taken that money and just opened her business herself. You know, she could have started off small. She had her business plans. She knew what she wanted to do, but yet she denies the money, throws away her business plan. I mean, I kind of feel like it might have been a little bit unrealistic, you know? Hmm. Um, or, you know what, I would, or maybe she should have just put the money in her purse, thought about it, felt her feelings, and then gone and opened her own business, you know? I think she probably, I think she, I, I don't think she left that lot of money there. I don't think she's that crazy, but, but I hear you though. Yeah. And when I seen that, I was tripping off that too, but, but thinking about it now, with her working in that industry, one, and seeing all those uh, folks that's coming through, and we're assuming that they're privileged because they're there, and, you know. That's a really expensive. Right, right. And and I I think she was, the reason why I think she was offended, because at first I was thinking, like, just take the money, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't have all the, you know. 
the woman reached out the best way she could to you, and this is what it is. Yeah. And so I thought, like, just take it, because mm-hmm. I was I was I was surprised by her reaction. But thinking about it, she's in the place where she's seeing where everybody fixes everything with money, mm-hmm. not with doing the right thing necessarily or whatever. Because just like the the guy who was upset about his room, it was about you know, trying to retaliate against the manager to mess up his money by getting him fired, you know. So everybody's just kind of pushing money around to make stuff happen, you know. And, well, even with, like I said, the son, the mom, everybody using money to fix stuff, you yeah. know. Nobody's just doing it the right way. Everything is just like it has a price to it. Yeah. And I think with her being around that and probably seeing everybody using money to fix things, probably just, you know, soured her. Like she's probably just tired of just being one more thing that was being taken care of by money. Because really, even though she has a dream and stuff, I think her real thing also is that is that she wanted um connection, yeah. you know, with, with somebody. Yeah, you an know? honest, real connection. Almost more so than funding. She wanted somebody to kind of mm-hmm. also believe in her and, in, you know, in her dream as well. Yeah. So she probably just kind of hurt more than that because she definitely is around a place where money, even though it's very important, is no big deal to them. Yeah. So I guess to give her that, she knows that's not... The really the the thing that's really precious that she wanted to get, mm. you know. So it did throw me off that she threw away her plan and stuff. But I guess she just, you know, she probably heard that that the person that she wanted just as much belief in her and somebody to support her as much as she needed that money. And the money was probably more secondary, even though, you know, most people would think it would be first. But for her, it probably was secondary because she sees how money doesn't mean anything to anybody there. Well, you know, that's so funny that you talk about that because that reminds me of Rachel and Shane. They're the married couple. Rachel is the one who I thought was killed. Um, And it's like, you know, Shane comes from a very wealthy family. His mother is extremely wealthy. Um, She kind of gives him everything, takes care of everything. I mean, she arranged for his and Rachel's uh, honeymoon. And um, it's so funny because Rachel, the wife, she's kind of experiencing a crisis where you could tell she comes from like a working class background or something like that, right? Uh, You know, not as rich as her husband's family is. And she wants to be a journalist. She wants to continue working. She wants to help the community. Whereas her husband is just kind of like, well, why? You know, we've got all this dough. We've got all this money. Why do you need to feel like you need to work? Why do you need to feel like you need to volunteer? You know, you're my wife. You don't have to worry about anything at all. And he's not even understanding how silly it sounds because he's been getting everything. Yeah. So so she, he'll never relate to her in that way because he's used to getting it and he expects it. So she has something or she has something, even though it wasn't necessarily great. It was hers in a way. Because mm-hmm. even, even with what she got, her thing was even kind of privileged in a way because we find out that she wrote this story about one of the guests that was also at the resort. And... It seemed like somebody probably just, you know, because she was attractive, somebody made it just gave her that job and, and she you couldn't find out that 
at first I thought the woman was just being mean, saying that it was just like a fluff piece, and then you really didn't do all your work. And then the, and then mm -hmm. Rachel said that she kind of borrowed it and kind of fixed a, a, another another. So that even shows that she wasn't even necessarily even working hard at that yeah. job. Yeah, that's when she what she kind of copied someone else's article and, and, and kind of you know didn't really do the research. She didn't do more research for the facts. for the new talk. You know, she just kind of pulled somebody else's stuff and kind of dusted it off. So that goes to show you that she's also probably got some privilege that they got her yeah. there. Yeah. But yeah. it's a different level than him. Right, right. So it's just all this. So it's it's yeah. in the in the series you get a lot of that, like who has what, who doesn't have it. This person has more than that, and just how their behaviors are. Because Nicole, that's the woman that Rachel wrote the article about. She's also the wife of um, Olivia and and everything. But um, you know, she talks about how she worked really hard to get where she is, her business, her company. And it's interesting because Rachel reaches out to Nicole and she's like, I'm in this situation with my husband. And Nicole is like, you know, you've got to hold on to this. You know, you've got to have a little piece of yourself. You know, you've got to have that. You know, so they kind of bonded a little bit on that. Right. You know, just so we could talk about gender you know, in that way, and what's expected of folks, um, you know, what are they expected to give up and hold on to and stuff like that, but, you know, but, but it all seems like with this series, a lot deals with privilege, like I said, who has what, who doesn't, who takes care of the people that give, you know, because even with Nicole, she talks about, like, I am the one that holds our family together, or her family together, She's like, I am the glue. I'm the one that goes out to fix things and do this. She's constantly cleaning and moving stuff around. She is the doer of their family, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was interesting, like Paula, which is Olivia's friend. She's the friend of the daughter of the family. I thought it was interesting how Paula kind of had her awakening. And I'm sure hangs with them a lot, you know, and probably used to doing what they do and going where they go and stuff like that. And even though, like I said, I don't know if she has her own privilege or not, or it's just borrowed privilege from the family. But even that kind of bumped up against her when she met this guy and, and he was telling his story about things being taken away from his people from the island and, and being bought up and he had to work for the people who stole from them and stuff like that. And it just really shook her and to the point to where, you know, she's come up with this plot to do something to um, to kind of, you know, quote unquote, make it right or make it fair. Um, but it was interesting to see her snap out of her, her privilege to want to do something better. But even though the action that she took wasn't necessarily the best action, but it was, it was just interesting because it almost, in a way, the people who were not privileged, they definitely had a different journey of the other people. And they did recognize and make points to the fact of how, you know, these guests at this at this place were just kind of, you know, just kind of floating around, kind of doing their things. And the thing about it was so crazy is that they are in paradise and they got all this crazy mess going on behind the scenes. Like like yeah. like they they don't even appreciate what's going on. You didn't really see anybody just being happy. Like they pay all that money, they have their resort and they're particular about everything. How can you be that particular and still not grateful and not happy? Mm -hmm. it, it's just crazy. Yeah. And yeah. so to see that, it's just it was just yeah. just not necessarily yeah. funny, sad, but it was just very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Paula, she had her awakening, you know, that kind of shook her out of, you know, seeing things for what it is, almost to the point to where 
it might have cost her a friendship and it definitely changed her friendship with uh, her friend Olivia just because of the kind of conversation they had. Like they still might still be good or whatnot, but it's just funny that that bubbled to the top, just like Rachel's, you know, how she felt about things and and privilege and and attitudes and stuff with her, um, her husband Shane kind of bubbled to the top. Mm -hmm. And then you have the situation with the youngest um, son, Quinn, that we talked about before, which interesting with him, his journey was basically with himself. It's a journey of self. Because he had a relationship with these island guys who would go go rowing in the morning and and he joined in, and that just became kind of like his yeah. surrogate family. Yeah, yeah. And it gave him purpose. It gave yeah. him a connection. Gave, gave him connection. Gave him a sense yeah. of self. Gave him something that was his own that he came to on yeah. his own versus yeah. just being given to him. Yeah. So it was interesting to see yeah. who found their way and how. Um, yeah. And the people who didn't really find their way, they just found a different way, but it was the same wrong way. You know, like mm. like Tanya, even though she understood what was going on, and she kind of grew in a way. Because her mission to kind of spread the ashes, she she got to that and was able to do that. And she was able to, you know, vocalize her problem as far as being kind of dependent and all that kind of stuff. She still ended up being chasing a guy that was, you know, going to die and she was still going to take it. She's still moving the way she was still moving before, even with that acknowledgement. You know, the parents went through their stuff. And even with that, they still kind of moved on with that. Even though they was aware now, they still moved on with it. Rachel and Shane, even though they're aware of the situation, how she felt and how he was and how they really wasn't right for each other, decided to kind of move on with it as well. So it's funny, funny all this enlightenment and still, it's kind of like you start from one, got to 200, but with all that, at the end of the journey, you're back at one. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that with all that lesson, all that time, all that journey, all that experience mm-hmm. to make you better and, and, and be a better person, you know, they were still back at one. And I think that's more common than not mm-hmm. with, with just people in general. But it was yeah. just interesting to see on a show. Well, I was going to say, looking at the sun, um, it's so funny. Like I mentioned earlier, he was so into his cell phone and you know like I said he they kicked him into the closet his sister and friend and and what what started the transformation for him I think is when he lost his cell phone and it's because he ended up sleeping out on the beach on a lounge chair with the comforter and the ocean which I thought was so his sister kicked him out what I thought was so powerful is that the ocean took his cell phone like nature took this modern device out to sea and that was the start of him reconnecting because he got to the first night that he slept on the beach he got to see whales moving and just swimming in the ocean and that touched him the second night he got to see what you mentioned the the gentleman um the guys that eventually became his friends he got to see them canoeing and it was so beautiful. You know, he it's like he was slowly coming, into, coming himself. into himself. And what I loved is how these men accepted him into the fold. Because they easily could have been like, no, nah, brother, this is, you know, you're you, not a part of this. You know how brown folks do. <laughs> that they were like, come on, yeah, come with us. Our sixth person is not around. You join us. And he was able to connect 
with another with other human beings there wasn't the cell phone and i just thought it was beautiful that it was the ocean that initiated this and he got to the point where he's like this is how i want to live my life this is where i want to be i want to be connected i found some folks that get me but it was kind of sad too because he was 16 a minor and his parents kind of like you said kind of just like blew him off they're like look you're 16 you're coming home with us. You know, it's time to leave paradise. You're coming home with us. But what I thought was amazing, you talking about starting at one and going to 200 and going back to one, is he started off at one, went to 200, and took it upon himself to go up to 1,000. He, at the last minute when everybody was boarding the plane, you know, his parents got on, his sister and friend got on. Dad kind of looked at him like, you're coming? Because he was at the back. He's like, yeah, he took off. He's, I seen it in his eyes. I knew he was going. <laughs> he, he took off. He's like, I am living my life the way that I want to live it. And it's to be connected, you know. And I thought that was so beautiful that he that he did that, you know. And, but it makes me question, like, for those po- folks that realize, you know, they made it from their one and got to their 200, what makes them go back to the one? Is it fear? Is it comfort? Because that's what they know. Do they not know the next steps to take? You know, what is it? Because even with Paula coming to the realization, like, all, or not all of, but just what Native Hawaiians have gone through, um, basically with the colonization of the island of, of Hawaii and everything. And she's trying to help out, you know, one of the guys that kind of opens her up. Even with her experiencing everything she experienced, you can see at the end she goes back to that routine with Olivia. They become the twins again where they're just sitting together mm-hmm. reading the books, back, you know. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. So, like, what would, let's say with Paula, like, what happened with her? I mean, she could have been like, you know what, this family, you know, we're good friends, we're this and that. But now that I've had this awakening, I don't want to go back to this, but, you know. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she could be changed once she get back. Because a lot of that kind of stuff, they probably just... <laughs> A lot of those relationships, I was kind of figuring they were just trying to work it out until at least they got back home. Right. Because they weren't in a situation where anybody got left. <laughs> left behind on the island. Right, what? right. So, I but, paid for your flight. Right. Food, so, so you just didn't know. See how you're going to get back now. But but, <laughs> but the issue Paula had, that sure made me think about our trip to Hawaii. Yeah. When that, when that whole situation came down to that, um, that school that was for the indigenous people. And yeah. then folks were mad because they wanted to be in that school too. Yeah. I'm like, you took everything else and all they have is this school and you want that too. Yeah. I remember seeing that on the news and yeah. it just like, it, 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 like it put a sour smiling. taste in my mouth yeah. when I saw that. I'm thinking like, man. I remember that. Yeah. They just Like, you know, here's a Hawaiian school to teach the culture of the native Hawaiian people. You know, but there's folks that are like, I want to be in there. I want to do this. I want to do that. Demanding. Demanding. Going to court so they can be a part of it, too. And it's like, why why do you have to have everything? You know, why can't the people have what's theirs and belongs to them? Why you got to take everything? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was very interesting. So it's funny that we 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 talked all this time about everybody but the the main almost like the main character, <laughs> the host of the of the situation, the general manager, general manager of the of the resort, uh, Armand. <laughs> he <laughs> just, was something else. Yeah, he was something else. It's neat how he just kind of intertangled and interweaved with everything that we talked about and all yeah. these people. He's tied into everything in some kind of way or so. And um, it was just a trip to see the person that you saw in the beginning. It's almost like this Mr. Rourke kind of, almost to the point to where I thought something was going to be supernatural about this show just because of the way yeah. he was. It's kind of yeah. like, it's, you could tell it's more behind his eyes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect what it was to be what it was. I, I thought it was going to be something something mm-hmm. different. But it was entertaining. He yeah. it was just it was just a trip to see him so yeah. kind of straight laced, but with this other thing behind his eyes, and then for him just to his interactions, his actual thoughts of what was going on, and just kind of um, you know just to kind of see his story kind of unravel yeah. was just yeah. so was so interesting. Yeah, because what did he say? I can't quite remember it, but remember the first episode. People are coming onto the island, their guest of the resort. And he's standing there greeting everybody. And there was the new hire. Remember her? She was pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. And he didn't know she was pregnant. That's another thing, you know, looking at connection and stuff and with folks. But almost like they're there for this fantasy and to get away. And that's we're here to provide that for them. And, you know... And then he said something that was kind of smart alecky underneath underneath it all. But you know, while he's waving and smiling with this yeah. big old grin, and that's how we knew he had like an edge to him. <laughs> yes, because he's very unassuming. He he fits the picture. He, he does. He's the poster poster person for the yeah. person who's the ultimate greeter. The the person is gonna, you know, make take your, care of you. Right, right. So they, make sure that you have the ultimate experience on your your vacation. Right. So when I heard him talking mess, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be one of those kind of stories. Okay, I'm, I'm down for that because yeah. I, I I love I love that insight. I love that. Um, I knew it's gonna be interesting just because we're getting to hear, you know, the thoughts behind the person who. It's kind of, you know... Kind of holding it together. Yeah, he ties like, it all together. The whole way. resort. Like, he's he's the boss, you know. Right, right. People report to him. Belinda reports to him. Yeah, so he seems to get himself in the situations, and he's constantly trying to, you know, keep all the plates spinning. And, you know, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I, I, I say, as much as we talked about everybody going on, I say we keep it vague on Armand and just let that yeah, be the journey for when people watch this. <laughs> so. I agree. Armand is quite the experience. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is. So, you know, like, those of you who have watched it, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, <laughs> I really highly recommend that everybody... That you all get the Armand experience because he he really makes the television show. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So that was our discussion about the HBO show White Lotus, that's now streaming on HBO and HBO Max. Um, we both enjoyed it. We both dug it. If you've seen it before, let us know what you thought about it. If you haven't seen it before and you're going to see it because of our recommendation, let us know what you thought of what we said about it as well as what you thought of the show. So I've been Jason, and my guest tonight has been Lita. Hey. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, peace. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.